0: Good morning, and welcome to another Facebook Live session with ASL Recruitment and me. My name's Sarah and uh, I used to work with ASL recruitment and uh, and still do in a different capacity. But we're going to be talking to Jason, who is the managing director there. And Jason is an HR specialist, and he is also a chartered fellow of the Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. So when it comes to all things employment law related and, uh, and HR wise, uh, you know you're in safe hands if you put your questions to him. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce Jason and bring him on board so we can ask him some questions. Jason, are you there?
1: Good morning, Sarah.
0: Good morning, Jason. And how are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Very well. You?
0: So yeah. I'm, I'm just going to mention the fact that we have a nice little new logo going on. So it looks like the new branding is in full effect.
1: We do. Just above your head, by the looks of it.
0: <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> That's great. It looks fantastic. But We'll come on to that later. Let's, uh, let's deal with uh, some slightly more serious issues first. Okay. So first off, um, there have been some there's been some stuff in the news lately um, with concerns over inequality when it comes to health and safety uh, for those in manual jobs versus those who actually work in an office. Um, Perhaps you'd like to enlighten us on that.
1: Yeah, it's um, really uh, some thinking that's come out that uh, we may be seeing uh, almost a divide between those people doing um, some of the lowest paid jobs and the focus was towards things like hospitality retail and some manual roles where the very nature of it is they have to work in an environment where they're working with others whereas um, those people in management roles those people in professional administrative roles actually are getting a choice to work from home in many cases um, or a lot of work to space them out in an office And uh, the difference in a manual role is sometimes those things just aren't available, and therefore we're expecting employers to put appropriate health and safety measures in place. Those might be as we've seen in hospitals and so on PPE, but often in, we've seen in hairdressers, hairdressers wearing face shields, as again, an example. But there are cases where some people just can't not work with others. By contrast, you look at you and I doing an interview And we're, uh, what, 45 miles apart and operating with um, some video screens. Mm. So there is this separation happening. um, And the thinking is, what do we do about that? How do we make sure we don't get inequality? And how do we make sure we don't um, develop almost some resentment from those people who are getting greater exposure?
0: Yes, it's a tricky one to handle, isn't it? Because some jobs simply can't be done from home. Uh, and there's very necessary roles. Um, you know, even, yes, as you say, people working in supermarkets and that sort of thing as well. Yep. So, yes, that's uh, that's that's going to be an interesting one. So um, actually, this sort of leads on to this. So um, looking at um, in the news, there's been a factory in Northampton. Indeed. Um Make sandwiches for Marks and Spencer. And uh, there's been an outbreak, a COVID outbreak there. To
1: have. We've got various hotspots in the country at the moment. I mean, the current thinking is we're relatively unlikely, um, hopefully, to go into a second lockdown state. Um, but what's more likely to have regional um, measures to deal with it. We've just had some that came into force. I think they came in at midnight. Um, in the north in um, Oldham I think in Blackburn in areas around there where heavy restrictions have come in that stopped households interacting with each other. Northampton is another area where we have an outbreak Um, and there's a particular factory we've seen trends already in food preparation chilled areas where the virus survives low temperatures quite well so if you work in an area that is uh, often it's been meat preparation and so on but this particular one makes sandwiches huge numbers of sandwiches for marks and Spencers. Um, much to their credit what they've done is they brought in their own measures as an employer to spot covid outbreaks so they've got a mix of nhs testing but they've also got their private testing arrangements in place And what they've done is they've identified nearly 300 of their workers, um, and this was a week or two ago, nearly 300 of their workers who have COVID-19. What they've done is they've tried to deal with it internally. Now, a week or so later, they've announced they're closing the whole factory and all 2,100 workers are now in isolation. So fairly significant measures, and on the downside, clearly if that happens to your employer, um, it's a major blow. Um, I don't know what their approach has been on payment to these people, because clearly that's another uh, major effect. Um, But what they have done is the employer have been incredibly forward-thinking by running the tests and looking at it themselves. And this kind of brings on from that trend, you look at this health inequality, I was talking about health and safety inequality. There is a lot of thinking right now that the driving force is going to be employers being involved in the track and trace. Um, How can we engage local bodies, whether or not it's councils, doctors, surgeries, but employers Mm -hmm. to get involved in the testing, in the helping make sure that people do the right thing if they're exposed to stop the spread of this disease.
0: The trouble is when everybody's working in in fairly close proximity to each other, there are always going to be lapses, aren't there? I think probably in in, in sort of social distancing measures, these things kind of happen. And when you've got a lot of people working together, um, yes, they need to catch it as quickly as possible.
1: They do. But what we also need, Sarah, is for employers to be responsible. Now, fortunately, most of them are. But I heard, um, I think I may have mentioned it last week when we were talking, but I heard what I regarded as a a horrific case um, a week or two ago, where an employer had a member of staff who was going and holidaying abroad in France just before the quarantine was brought in um, and told the employee not to worry. When they came back, they'd just tell everybody they'd been holidaying in England and they could come back. Now, clearly, uh, we don't. You, you should never be a poker player, by the way. Your faces are great when I say things that shock you. Um, but we don't want employers to do that. We want employers to be responsible. And what we've just seen in Northampton, arguably, is the model of best practice. Somebody taking it seriously, somebody doing the testing, and somebody actually closing down and isolating and making sure they reduce the spread amongst their workforce when they see it needs doing.
0: Yeah. And obviously, the quicker that they actually take those measures, the faster everybody can get back to work again anyway.
1: Absolutely. The key thing is to bring down the spread early. If we allow it to get out of control, then the period you have to stop and go into uh, some kind of isolation for is longer. If you get it fast and you bring the case numbers down very low, um, then you can manage it again.
0: And again, that's going to have an impact as well, isn't it? Because if it goes on longer, there's more of a chance of more redundancies and possibly even completely closing the factories or or, or whatever. So uh, that sort of brings us on to the the next point here is um, the unemployment rate, which is um, unfortunately looking as though it's actually going to be a little bit higher than, well, significantly higher than was originally anticipated.
1: There's, There's a number of points in here, and it honestly is too early to tell. There are people out there that are very fearful we've got a significant rise in unemployment coming towards us. Um, I think there were figures out, if I remember rightly, I think it was one in eight people um, actually did no hours work at all in June. One Um, in five. One in five, sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, It's what I do when I don't have the figures in front of me when talking. But quite a substantial number of people just not working. Now, we already know that 750,000 less people are on payroll systems than were at the beginning of this crisis. But the worst case scenario is forecasted that there may be another two million um, unemployed to come from this. That's a huge number. And this week, the government are inviting bids um, from organizations like ours, but inviting bids to help in unemployment advice for the newly unemployed. And they are suggesting that they're putting allocation in there handle 15,000 referrals a week, Um, that's quite a large number. Um, And it's certainly higher than we saw on any such scheme back in the 2008 recession, 2009 recession. So it's too early to tell. The government do appear to be planning to be responsive to it. Um, But we have to be ready to adapt and change as it moves forward. I guess the only good news for... Um, as it were what we do and many of our workers is often when this happens there is an increase in temporary work and therefore employers are not so keen to hire permanently they may look at placing any expansion they have on a temporary basis um, so it's it's not all bad but it's clearly going to be a you know a difficult winter
0: yes it sure is Okay. Um, I'd like to try and end this on, on a nice positive note. So uh, let's have a, a, a revert to the the subject of the rebrand ah. the logo and the new website.
1: Okay. we start with a lovely logo just above your head there. Do you know, it's a really difficult thing to do, Sarah. I mean, we've, we've been running ASL for, I think it's nearly 22 years now. It seems like a lifetime, but uh, we set it up in October 98. Um, and, uh, do you know, you... You become almost emotional quite close to the logo and the identity so when we decided we needed to refresh it which really we needed to do because of let's say the digital age the logo was designed for print media for stationery back in the mid 1990s um and it needed updating so it we've done it we're really pleased we, we we hope our viewers out there love it as much as we do but uh the website has come live uh, yesterday um <laughs> There's a, I think it went live, live at about 5pm on Friday evening. is always a brave thing to do, hoping it works over the weekend. <laughs> um, but it's, it's there, it's operational. There is still more to come. So over the next few weeks, we will see changes to that website. But the really good thing is straight from our website now, you can click log in or register and any candidate can manage their profile they can update their CV, they can you know, change their details, their skills um, with us, which really gives us the best chance of helping them. They can set up safe searches on there, so when a job comes in that meets what they're looking for, they automatically get alerts, and they can opt in for you know, text message alerts or email alerts from us for those vacancies when we have them. But really, really quite an exciting change.
0: And the whole thing's going to be a lot more streamlined now, and of course, it also uh, helps with the social distancing issues as well, because people can actually upload their own identity papers and all oh, yeah. sort of that, can't they? So, totally. um, it sort of cuts out the uh, the middle bit, if you like.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the, the, o- the, the honest answer is, we probably should have moved towards this um, a little while ago, and COVID pushed us into moving faster. Um, we're now having to work in an area where we're interviewing candidates via Zoom, we're placing candidates who we haven't met face to face. Um, We need to see their ID, so you're right, they can upload their ID via the portal. Everything, the entire registration process that we do can now be done online, so there's no need to come in the office and fill out forms. Um, We've even moved, as I mentioned before, our timesheet system now is entirely in the cloud as well so you don't have to fill out a piece of paper and pass it to your supervisor to get a signature, um, which often means getting too close to them in this COVID time. So mm. we, we've truly become a digital recruitment business. I'd say in the last two months, we've moved everything. Absolutely everything we do can now be done electronically. So uh, a <laughs> huge change for us, but Not really successful. quite exciting. And it enables us to do so much more.
0: Yes, in uh, I believe the technical term is, it's all got a bit whizzier.
1: <laughs> I'll remember that one, yes. We, we, we're now a whizzy business.
0: <laughs> so, okay, great. On that note, uh, we would encourage everybody to go along to the new website and have a look and uh, start filling out your profile on there and, and get everything uploaded so that you can start taking advantage of all the benefits of it sooner rather than later. Um, Jason, thank you very much for your time this morning and, uh, and for your insights as usual.
1: It's been a pleasure, Sarah. Thank you.
0: Um, And I would just like to invite everybody to um, any questions that you may have in regards to how COVID-19 may have affected you at work, um, furlough, holiday pay, anything like that. If you have any questions, feel free to drop the ASL team an email on hastings at aslgroup.co.uk or give the team a call on 01424 452 999. In the meantime... That's all for today. We'll see you back here again next Saturday morning at 10 o'clock sharp. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us and uh, we'll say goodbye. Goodbye, Jason.
1: Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.